Welcome to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast from the editors of Rider Magazine and RiderMagazine.com, bringing you motorcycling at its best in our magazine and on the web for 46 years, and now in our regular podcast. This is Mark Tuttle, editor of Rider. Today, I'm going to share a bit of news from the world of motorcycling, after which we will speak with Kevin Wing, our photographer extraordinaire of, uh, of many years here at Rider Magazine. Well, uh, we're recording this in early April, and I'm reminded of that uh, Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. Here at Ryder, our hearts go out to uh, any and all of you affected by the pandemic, and um, the loss of life has obviously been tragic, and here's hoping that we get past this uh, sooner rather than later. There's been a lot of challenges for the motorcycle industry. Uh, factories have closed, and uh, a lot of dealers are only able to work with the customers uh, online, but uh, there have been some bright spots as well. Our, one of our local dealers here is uh, taking uh, appointments uh, so that you can show up at the dealership and wait outside, and they will actually bring the bike out to you to look at. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I would say this is probably a good time to to wheel and deal with, with dealers who are doing business that way. And, of course, um, service departments... Uh, and parts departments are are still uh, offering their services in one form or another because they're considered essential services. Another bright spot would be uh, that uh, apparently many of you are still getting out and riding. Um, we sent a survey to our e-news subscribers recently uh, on uh, uh, what what people are doing and thinking about COVID-19, and, and one of the primary responses of interest was that uh, 58% of you are, are still getting out and riding. Obviously, this has to be done with uh, more care than usual, and uh, not just uh, in terms of spreading the virus, but also um, to make sure that you don't uh, increase the problem at our, at our hospitals. But, um, you know, done safely and thoughtfully, um, we think it's great. Before I move on to a happier subject, I just want to give a shout out to some of our industry friends who have been making a difference in this uh, pandemic struggle. Um, for example, Yamaha Motor Manufacturing in Georgia, which donated uh, nearly 400 respirators and lots of PPE to uh, their local hospital. Honda has given uh, more than a million dollars to food banks and meal programs, uh, as well as PPE and uh, even some 3D printing equipment so that um, uh, first responders could make masks for themselves and so on. And Polaris uh, donated more than 200000 in technology uh, to meet the needs of students homeschooling in um, Minnesota and Wisconsin. So uh, our, our helmets are off to you guys for uh, helping in this time of need. I would encourage all of our listeners to uh, send in any uh, uh, news about about good deeds during the pandemic from uh, from motorcyclists or uh, the motorcycle industry that you hear about, so that we can share them uh, on our 
website and in the magazine. All right, shifting gears to new bikes. I think that, uh, without a doubt, the most interesting machine to get introduced um, virtually uh, during the pandemic, which uh, a lot of manufacturers have had to resort to. We've, uh, rather than going to uh, uh, an event, a riding event or a, a reveal at, uh, you know, some lunch spot or what have you, um, nowadays we are we are watching presentations on our computer monitors uh, prior to writing up uh, new models. And again, one of the most interesting uh, to be introduced this way is BMW's new uh, R18 uh, Cruiser. It's powered by uh, a massive 1800cc air oil-cooled four-valve opposed twin in traditional boxer fashion and this one has been nicknamed the big boxer because uh, it's the largest one that BMW has ever produced for a motorcycle that's for sure uh, generates a claim 91 horsepower somewhere around there and uh, 160 pounds of torque which is pretty impressive I have to say that that I was skeptical uh, about BMW jumping back into the cruiser market um, when they revealed that they were they were planning to do that, uh, but now that I see the finished product, um, I think that uh, perhaps it was a good move, and you owe it to yourself to take a look uh, on our website at ridermagazine.com at this gorgeous hunk of machinery, um, with the possible exception of the muffler, which uh, oh probably had to be that large for Euro 5 considerations. Um, I think it's just a gorgeous machine and, and should make a big splash among the uh, traditional motorcycling crowd. Okay, you're listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Uh, this is the editor of Rider, Mark Tuttle. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be picking up with our guest, Kevin Wing, our photographer of, of many years. Hang in there. Welcome back to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, today we're talking with Kevin Wing, who uh, has been uh, the magazine's photographer for many a year. Um, in fact, I went back and tried to find the very first issue that uh, he worked with us on, and, and it, it appears to be September of 1995, which would have been film, as I recall. Isn't that right, Kevin? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Back in the good old film days, uh, that was quite something. Because because in those days, you shot everything on film, of course, and then you handed it off to a um, a processor, right? And then you'd get everything back on slides. Correct. Yeah, we would. Uh, it'd be a, a, a lot different process than uh, we're doing nowadays. And essentially, we would put all of our our uh, slide canisters in a Ziploc baggie, drop them off at a, uh, a nearby pro lab and uh, cross your fingers a little bit and make sure, uh, you know, everything came out just so. And how long you, you how long were you shooting prior to uh, working, work, working with us? 
you know, I kind of launched my career in uh, at Motorcyclist Magazine in uh, roughly 1992. Uh, I got invited out to do kind of a test shoot for them. And uh, it was the Ducati 851 out at Willow Springs. And that's really what launched me right there. That was a fantastic motorcycle. I still remember riding that up Deer Creek and just yelling in my helmet the whole way. Yeah, well, a um, uh, little more background on Kevin uh, for you folks who aren't aware. He doesn't just shoot motorcycles, but uh, he's done cars and planes, isn't that right, Kevin? And boats and a uh, number of other things. Uh, absolutely, yeah. If it uh, burns gas, uh, usually we, we shoot it. And uh, that's been primarily motorcycles, on and off-road motorcycles, uh that's i worked my way into some car stuff for uh motor trend magazine and worked uh i've shot atvs utvs uh some boats um plane to plane photography with some small aircraft and uh yeah a few other things i'm probably leaving out but the main focus has always been uh, motorcycles yeah and always with a permit right uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> For the record, always with a permit. Yeah, always with a permit. What's, uh, what would you say the hairiest moment is that, uh, you experienced while shooting? Uh, oh boy. There's been so many. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, usually photographers will go to, you know, just about any length to, to get the shot and whether that's, uh, scaling up a hundred foot cliff to get an overhead shot or get a, a good vantage point or, strapping yourself to the roof of a moving vehicle or uh shooting out of a uh, helicopter etc it's it's it, it can be quite exciting but uh uh yeah i mean there's there's so many different stories in particular yeah i bet some equipment has has uh, gone overboard in the process too huh Expensive. uh def definitely yeah i uh i had that happen uh, one time in particular i was shooting watercraft and uh I wanted to have the uh, the model come over and uh, just do a big turn, and he was turning towards the boat. And uh, unfortunately, uh, he came in with a little bit too much enthusiasm and uh, proceeded to absolutely swamp us where we were shooting. And of course, <laughs> I had my camera bag wide open, so immediately went into panic mode. So, oh god, uh, salt had water. To, uh, it wasn't salt water. It was a oh. lake up in Montana area, but, uh, it's, it took, uh, I've never dried off gear and, and dumped out camera bags as quick as that and had to let them uh, dry out on a dock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that brings up a good point. Um, back in the film days, I mean, the, the, like the Canon, what were, what was the top end Canon back then? Do you recall? I mean, you could hammer nails with those things. They were, they were indestructible and we never worried about packing them on the bike or or stuff like that because they they just didn't have all of the sensitive electronics that today's digital cameras do so you've got this now you have these six and seven thousand dollar camera bodies that you know you you never let them anywhere near the motorcycle you kevin generally rides with a backpack most of the time right yeah i mean i've always done that even back in the film era um like you say, they've got, uh, you know, more things to potentially uh, be, you know, basically not survive uh, heavy vibration, water and things like that. But, uh, 
yeah, you don't want to, uh, like say, I, I use a backpack and uh, just to minimize the vibration as opposed to tying down uh, uh, cameras to a, a tank bag or a saddle bag and that sort of thing. It's just, it's, it's a dicey proposition. You need your gear to work. And uh, yeah, it, 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 right, it, nowadays, a top of the line pro action camera goes for about $6,500. So uh, My goodness. Uh, I, wow. I always try to uh, take it easy on them because uh, they take good care of me. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, um, you know, I, I should sing your praises a little bit here because uh, the very first issue that uh, uh, Kevin did with us was September of 95. And I believe it was a BMW comparison. And even back then with film, um, you know, Cracker Jack sharpness and composition and, and beautiful color. And that's why we've continued to use Kevin to this day. Um, and it, the best part is that we always have a lot of fun going out on these photo shoots because, you know, he's got a great sense of humor as well. So um, we spend a lot of time laughing while we're working until, you know, the sun goes down sometimes. 8.30 at night up in the mountains. But it's always a pleasure. And um, I just wanted to say that before we go on. So, Kevin, what, what's your favorite piece of uh, equipment in your, your vast arsenal? I'd have to say, um, you know, I'm still uh, keen to use the telephoto lenses whenever I can. And uh, that would be uh, 300 millimeter and above three, four, 500 millimeter range is, is, is what I like to capture high action in, uh, that said, uh, you can of course shoot action at any focal length, but, uh, uh, my specialty was really the razor sharp long lens, uh, photos over the years. Right. Is there a, a single piece of advice that you would give a aspiring photographer who's trying to shoot some action other than Obviously, um, don't do it on public roads and be be safe and sane. Uh, yeah, well, there's a ton of advice. As a matter of fact, um, Canon USA approached me, and there is a YouTube a video that was done about four years ago where I go into detail about uh, tips for shooting vehicles in motion. So if anybody uh, wants to look that up and, and basically just type in Kevin Wing and Canon, or uh, tips for shooting vehicles in motion, they'll be able to get a, a lot of uh, specific information. Oh, yeah, terrific. I remember that video. It was quite good. Yeah, I think that's, is that, would you consider that to be the, the biggest challenge in shooting motorcycles is getting the action stuff um, sharp? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a trade-off. Of course, you want to get... Uh, sharp images to a degree meaning the the rider and uh, motorcycle but you also want to get the, the background to blur out a bit and uh, some some spinning wheels as well so that's that's kind of what you're juggling it depends on you know how sharp you want to get it um, I'd love low shutter speed uh, say uh, anything below a 125th of a second but those images become very very low percentage uh they they're very dynamic shots but most of the time you do need to capture the bike hey let's you know people want to see the bike see the latest greatest bike and and maybe not quite as artsy but uh yeah. love to do both yeah those those low speed low shutter speed images those are the ones where you have us going back and forth in the corner like 25 times right 
Uh, maybe, maybe once or twice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I should say, uh, yeah, I, I have a tendency to, to work people fairly hard, but, uh, and thankfully they're, they're willing to do it. And ultimately, uh, you know, I think we, we get what we, we went out there for. Well, yeah. And when you get down to it, we're just out riding motorcycles for the most part. I mean, it's not, the weather's not always perfect. It can be 110 degrees and you're wearing lots of gear and, uh, but for the most part, it's still pretty fun. I have to say. So. Yeah. Like you, like you say, we, we're always having, uh, some laughs and I'll tell you what, uh, if you're out there, uh, you know, creating some great shots and, and like you say, the days are long and, uh, you can keep it light and, uh, it really comes through in, in the photography too, if everybody's having a good time. So how did you get started doing this? Uh, well, I mean, way back in the beginning, it was just a matter of me uh, borrowing my dad's old uh, Minolta, you know, film camera. Uh, I used to shoot some some motocross races way back in the day, um, uh, Carlsbad and and uh, and things like that. I was just a kid, you know, hanging hanging barely able to get my head over the fence and shooting guys like Marty Smith and and Bob Hanna way back when. But uh, oh, at Carlsbad, huh? Yeah, wow. Carlsbad and Saddleback. I went to some of those races. I mean, I've been, uh, uh, you know, just did it as a hobby for, for many years. And uh, with, with you know, Southern California activities, whether it was surfing or, or water skiing, uh, motorcycle riding, I was very fortunate that I grew up with some very active uh, parents, uh, adventurous parents at the time. And uh, that's where I got my start way back when. But, uh, you know... Um, one of the big influences for me was I was a full-time uh, photo assistant. Actually, for a period of, of close to four years, I worked for a wide range of photographers. Uh, there was one photographer in particular, Rich Cox, who you know well and is a contributor to, to Rider Magazine. And uh, I tell you what, he was uh, uh, a very prominent um, action sports photographer and uh, really... Uh, was was a great launch pad for me, uh, a learning opportunity to see what he was doing and um, and see if I wanted to to pursue uh, motorsports related photography. Oh yeah, I I, so <laughs> I know we have a lot of great stories from the uh, old Rich and Kevin days. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, he's a great guy and a good a close personal friend still to this day. And um, prior to our uh, to his semi retirement. Um, we used him a lot for, uh, uh, many of our longtime readers will, will recall. So Kevin switching gears for a moment here, what do you think is maybe the weirdest thing, strangest thing a client's ever asked you to, to do or shoot? Oh, there's, there's been a ton of things, you know, uh, one thing in particular that, uh, I think a lot of other photographers would have a, a problem topping was, uh, I was doing an assignment for Sport Rider magazine, and uh, it was Kent, and uh, they were doing a helmet comparison test, and they wanted to show these helmets in a different way. And basically, I was able to drag him behind my van while I took pictures of him out at the racetrack and get paid money for it. So I think that was a, that was a pretty unique experience. <laughs> drag him on the asphalt? 
Correct. Drag him. <laughs> the lead shot was him basically in a simulated crash, but uh, he was with, with leathers and helmets scraping the ground. And I was a couple feet off him and we were taking repeated shots, dragging him on the tarmac at a racetrack. So, and like I said, uh, and got paid for the experience. So <laughs> that's I, pretty good. <laughs> and I know for a fact that Kent still has all of his arms and limbs. So he survived the ordeal. Yes, he did. Well, this is uh, Mark Tuttle, editor of Rider Magazine, and you're listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. We are going to take a short break here. We're, we're speaking with uh, Kevin Wing and uh, our photographer, and we'll pick up with him right after the break. Welcome back to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. I'm Mark Tuttle, editor of Rider Magazine, and we are talking with Kevin Wing, our photographer of many years. And uh, before the break, we were talking a bit about cameras and his background and all that stuff. But um, and and don't forget to check out Kevin's YouTube video video about shooting motorcycles and, and other vehicles in motion. Uh, it's easily found online, and it's quite good. Um, lots of great tips there and advice. Kevin, you're also uh, quite an accomplished motorcycle rider. In fact, uh, uh, truth be told, it's been one of my dreams to get you on the staff someday. But um, that's not in the cards right now. Um, but um, Oh, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> it might be a great yeah. time for that big contract I've been waiting to drop. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a little strange time for all of us uh, sheltering at home during this pandemic, and um, you know, the uh, the workflow isn't what it used to be. So, but Kevin, I know that you you recently sold uh, an FZ one, but you you still have your dirt bikes and and uh, get out there and ride pretty regularly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say my heart is more uh, with dirt bikes. That's the way I started. Um, Currently have a uh, WR250F, and my son's got a, uh, a little Honda CRF230. And uh, nice. been having an absolute blast uh, just going out and doing some uh, father-son rides. Do you uh, currently own a street bike, Kevin? You know, I just, uh, I've been thinning the herd a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've just recently, in the last couple of years, got rid of a, uh, a little Supermoto 400 and uh, my first generation uh, FZ1 Yamaha. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm kind of regretting selling both of those bikes right now. So just dirt bikes in the stable right now. Yeah, I, boy, I can't recall a motorcycle I owned and subsequently sold that I didn't regret selling. <laughs> but you know sometimes you you just have uh too many carburetors i guess yeah absolutely and i'll tell you what uh you know going out on jobs with you guys and on occasion i get to cycle through some amazing motorcycles so uh it's it's nice to get a taste of all the latest technology it sure is um we're we're pretty blessed to be uh to be doing this stuff um and especially so at this particular uh, strange point in history. So, well, Kevin, um, anything else you'd like to share with our uh, Writer Magazine Insider audience? Oh, I'd just say, uh, you know, as far as photography goes, um, 
you know, definitely uh, pack a camera on your rides and uh, hopefully your friends will uh, uh, be up for doing a few passes for you in some pretty spots and uh, take my advice. And if you can put it on your, on your back, so you don't uh, destroy your gear by strapping it to the bike. Uh, that would be one tip for me, but yeah, just have fun with it and, and, uh, and, and see where it takes you. You know, to that point, what, uh, what sort of backpack do you use? Uh, I have an older uh, Tamarack. Uh, I think it's called an Explorer backpack. They might not even make that exact model, but there's uh, no shortage of, of camera backpacks. Uh, you want to get something as, as light as possible. I would caution you on getting the biggest possible one because inevitably you will overfill it and then you will end up like me with a 40 pound backpack and uh, particularly off-road going through a whoop section that can be uh, pretty interesting but uh, yeah if you can if you can minimize you don't need a lot of equipment if you're just out there having fun with it so if you can minimize down to maybe one or two lenses at the most in one body and uh, hopefully it won't uh, cramp your style too much or your back. Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, again, this is Mark Tuttle with uh, the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Um, we appreciate you being with us today. I appreciate your interest. And I'll tell you what, I, I really appreciated working with the, the whole Rider team over the years. Consider myself incredibly uh, fortunate to be able to do what I do. And uh, let's hope we can keep doing it. You bet. We will be back at it in no time, I hope and pray. Thanks uh, for listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. This is Mark Tuttle. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with us. Feel free to reach out to us through our ridermagazine.com website, on our like name social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email us directly at rider at ridermagazine.com. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate your interest. <laughs>